back where we started from. Hustle's great for guns, your shadow is a ton. Driving down the 101, California, here we come. Right back where we started from. Welcome California. to the OCD, bitch. The show where we take an in-depth episode by episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts. The OC Season 2! I have my uh, resignation letter here. I'm not going to do this show anymore. Uh, I'm not going to work with a tyrant who just refuses to move on to Season 2. What did you just say before that? What? What did you say? Ryan. What? We're jumping into Episode 201 of The OC. Wow. It's here. You thought it would never happen. Do you uh, do you think that we should have done this like 10 episodes ago, or do you want another 10 episodes before we get into season two? I think two? this is the perfect fucking episode. This is the episode 40, congratulations to you, good oh sir. Oh my God, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. The 10 anniversary. This is the 10 anniversary, and yes. so you said that we have to get each other DVD copies of Tin Cup? Yes. Okay, and I feel like uh, I see that you got me the bare bones, no special features, and I got you the 25th anniversary of the movie with all the special features. But this is sign. This is like original packing. This could be worth something. Oh, really? If I keep my tin cup in mint condition, I can yes. sell it at a, what, tin cup Comic-Con? The tin cup Comic-Con is coming by next year. Coming by like it's a circus? <laughs> yeah, it's like co- it travels? The they s- never stop. They just hit all the American cities. Tin Cup Omaha two years ago was wild. Is Tin Cup your favorite Kevin Costner golf movie that also has Rene Russo? Yes. It is. For sure. A close second might be... Monkey Bone? Monkey Bone. Sure, yeah. Tin Cup to the return. (laughs) I I, I can't believe that Tin Cup and Monkey Bone teamed up to fight crime. (laughs) And it was somehow better than both of those movies on their own? Well, I feel like that if you're going to take two movies and have a shared sequel... It should be better than both the movies combined. It fucking better be Alien vs. Predator. You're holding out on us. So both of those movies were two and a half star movies Mm -hmm. out of four stars. And then uh, Monkey Bone Tin Cup 2 was a five star movie out of four stars. They broke the mold with that one. I'm Mike, your host. This is Ryan, my co-host, my bosom buddy who never thought we'd get here. I'm a Monkey Bone apologist. You are. Do you forget this often, or are you agreeing with me? It makes a lot of sense. I do forget this often. Not always, just occasionally I will forget that you're a monkey bone apologist. Visually, I find it a lot of fun. I'm only on these shows that we do do I realize how thirsty I am for Brendan Fraser. I of fucking course, yes. love him. I'm I'm more of a Brendan Niles guy, but you do what you want. I don't even know what that... Oh, god damn it. Uh, and then I remember the soundtrack being like a little groovy, a little like... Louisiana jazz influence that really did something to me. Can I be honest with you? Yes. This is going to piss off a lot of people. Um, but Monkey Bone, to me, fits in that death to smoochy groove uh-huh. uh, where people who see it when they're young, they're like, I didn't know movies could be like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm seeing weird stuff. But they're not good. They're not good. It's they're bad and not different. funny. I mean, I haven't seen it since it came out. Right. I can't argue. I saw Cool World before Monkey Bone. So that, like... <laughs> Did that set me up for failure? That was actually the uh, quote on the Monkey Bone poster. <laughs> I saw Cool World before Monkey Bone. Roger Mike <laughs> Put that on your lapel. <laughs> and there's another star for your lapel. Whew. Do you want to dive in? Do you want to hear what's happening? On episode 201? On episode 201? I don't know, man. Like, I feel like, have we wrestled with season one enough? Are we ready to move Let's on? Let's start over. Let's do another 40 episodes. Because, man, watching this episode, it made me realize that uh, season one was a just uh, romp through a meadow of delight. Yeah. And season two is now just horrifying life 
uh, attacking everyone. And doesn't it only get heavier after this? Is anybody having a good time? In this episode, barely. I was thinking maybe Caleb, but now he's about to be arrested oh, by the Caleb's FBI. So. freaking out. Is anybody okay? Haley, Luke. Haley doesn't appear in this episode, so I guess her. Luke and Haley are doing fine. Oh, they are. Mm, I don't like that at all. Too incestuous. Oh, yeah, it's so somehow. weird for Luke to fuck an older woman. Uh, yeah, Luke does seem like he's doing good because he is definitely more Portland than OC, right? He's calmed down a little Which bit. Is shocking. He's definitely the OCest person yes. in Portland. But he's he's relaxed a little bit. But and he can shine that way in that they need that energy. In in OC, what the fuck do I do here? And he doesn't like look at his dad and then get sad and run to a meadow and get the shit kicked out of him by a baseball Mm-mm. team. Like him and his dad are fine now. Yeah, they're bus buds. They're bus buds. <laughs> they're bus buds. They ride the bus. Portland's a very green city. You ride the bus wherever you go. It, it, that's the biggest difference between uh, cities is is are is your are your buses like dirty and filled up with hobos mm. or like nice dirty hippies? Dirty and filled up with nice hippies. <laughs> very nice hippies that uh, will play guitar for you. Tonight on the OC season two, Seth is in Portland. Ryan's in Chino, and everybody else has to deal with the consequences. When we come back, let's talk about how this episode is basically the reverse of the pilot. It is. This is uh, what my. F- 40th time of watching this episode mm-hmm. and i cannot believe how it didn't dawn on me until this last viewing how this is a mere an right? exact replica of the first episode it's bananas sandy's going to ryan saying come with me and ryan's saying no i can't and sandy goes i understand it's they're trying everybody is gone from the oc kirsten and sandy are fighting again i guess that's the one some parts of the mirror are the same they're fighting but now it's about the opposite is you can't bring this she wants Seth in the... It's crazy. It is crazy. I can't articulate. And it's in a lot of ways that you probably wouldn't notice unless you've seen the pilot a dozen times. Uh, but yeah, it's all the same conversations, just in different locations with people in different uh, like parts of their life. But then the where it hit me, where it was the funniest, because it was the exact, and the fact that it was exact was the most ironic, was Julie having the same alopecia pony conversation yeah. with a new about-to-be-broke, about-to-be-in-jail husband. I did a quadruple take, because I was like, has this fucking horse always had alopecia, or have I... This line is ingrained in my head, and then I realized, no, it's we've seen it pretty recently. Do you really think that you have the wherewithal in the midst of a quadruple take to count the amount of times your head twitches? It might even be quintuplet. It could have been more. Yeah, I'm not even saying it was less. It could no, have been no, more than four. Nobody's for- survived a sextuplet take without their head just falling right it just off. falls right the f off and every time do you hear a record scratch and you pull your sunglasses down low the first time or every time yeah every time <laughs> yeah that's everything breaks your sunglasses just shatter on the fifth time throughout a quadruple take which i mean defies logic do you stop yourself to make sure you don't get to that sixth Head falling off point well you stop you take your pulse and then you keep going <laughs> you just gotta like take a one minute zen breather and then let her rip. Um, the record is unusable. What is Julie's deal? What it like? What type of dude is she into? Is this is this like lack of luck? Is this what she goes for? Is just guys who are about to go to jail? I think Jim. Yeah, well, Jimmy and Caleb are broken in very different ways. But she does. I think it's she doesn't ever want to talk honestly, and she just cares about those Benjamins. And the only guy that will go for Julie in her current state, is somebody who's like, well, I, I got like a year to live, so yeah. might as well Why do this not? shit. Let's ride this leather dress train. I don't need to build a good relationship with a person who cares about things. But is is Julie also self-destructed now? 
Caleb and Jimmy both have their own problems that are not Julie's faults, but she's forcing the same conversation. Does she want the dynamic of do what I say? Let's not have like an actual open, vulnerable relationship. Give me the money now. Go away. Yes, but if you are looking for somebody who you can just say, do what I say, you're not going to be with a quality person. Yeah, right. a quality person would say like, no, thank you. The best version of that she had was Luke, and he ended it. Because <laughs> he went, no, nah, I'm not about that life. I need to go ride this bus with my dad. Well, first of all, Luke loves buses, right? Luke, he is a golden retriever. Have you seen that adorable video of the dog taking the bus to work? And imagine if a golden retriever could finally get on the bus and stop chasing that bus. He wouldn't know what to do with it, Ryan. If, if you watch this eight-episode VHS series, we will teach you how to go from chasing that <laughs> bus to getting on that bus. But eventually, Luke would have said, look, I don't want to be arrested by the FBI. So, Julie, I think I'm out. And what would Luke's crime be? Like, uh, Xeroxing dollar bills? Like, what is he capable of? I mean, old Luke is assault, so that's pretty bad. He, I, Luke doesn't have the head for finance crimes. When they brought him in, though, when they brought in that uh, Labrador Retriever person, would they say, hey, I got the collar? Yes, they would certainly say that. Uh, was this a specific Simpsons reference? So Kiki is very pissed at Sandy. She's taking all of her hurt from Seth's rejection of them. And unloading on Sandy. She's decided it is his sole fault that Seth is not home. I mean, Sandy's not helping. Like, his hippie parenting is in full bloom right now. Yeah, he's like, ah, he'll, school's going to start. He'll realize he should be here. And she goes, how? His whole life, you've told him this place sucks. And he's like, that's because this place kind of sucks. And also Seth says that later, too. Yeah. Sandy, this is what you said, bro. Dad, bro. And he does. Sandy did leave at 16. Seth's like, I learned it from watching you. <laughs> Drugs. Uh, but... Sandy's trying to talk to Kiki. She's pissed. We're not sure why yet. And so he says, butterscotch, donkey, lampshade, Passover, truck stop. And she goes, do you think, are you doing that cute thing you do when you think I'm not listening? I'm listening. I just don't give a crap. And you think that's a purple monkey dishwasher reference? I guess lampshade and dishwasher are close to me. (laughs) I do think that... uh, Simpsons can't just own all gibberish? No, Simpsons does own everything. And I do think that purple monkey dishwasher is the greatest combination of gibberish words in the history of time. We will always go back when we need to think of gibberish to purple monkey dishwasher. You're not going to say butterscotch donkey lampshade? No. I mean, I love Sandy, but like he did not get to the gibberish rush more like purple monkey dishwasher did. Uh, Continuing pilot reversals uh ryan which you should not do pilots fly facing the windshield of the plane please do not turn around and think that you're cool by flying (laughs) no hands ma all right denzel keep off the booze uh in the pilot ryan had to come to the oc didn't really give a shit about fitting in now he is back in chino where he grew up but is pretty worried about fitting in with the construction guys because teresa what, cuts the edges off his sandwich? What does she do? And he's peels like, his orange for Peels him. his orange. He's like, please don't do that. Oh, God, they're going to beat me up. <laughs> the guys, and he's the dirtiest construction worker. When Sandy comes to see him, he's just covered in every sort of dirt. When I was a kid, when I was Ryan, or younger than Ryan, I was so nervous about my embarrassing mom. And that's sort of what Teresa is. Yeah. I would have just, like, it, it was about everything that my mom could do. Peeling the orange, though. That's fine. Thank you. Yeah. Peeling an orange is a pain in well, the ass. I don't know how to do it. day I have fucking orange rind under my fingernails, yeah. and those are dirty. I know my fingernails are dirty. I never know how to start it. And what's more embarrassing than your girlfriend or your baby mama peeling the orange is asking the person, the construction worker next to you, hey, can you start this peel? I don't know how to start <laughs> this peel. Is there a tool I should use? Mr. Foreman? Red? Can you open this orange for me? Uh, <laughs> how many times, if we were construction workers... How many times a day will we ask, is there a tool I can <laughs> is there use? A tool? You flatten the dirt. Is there a tool for that? 
Is that Urkel as a construction worker? And every single time, I would use the jackhammer to peel the orange. Oh, yeah. And the orange peeler to <laughs> dig a hole in the ground. It's a living. No, we're not paying you for this, man. You've made all of her jobs harder with that. Don't say that. Don't say all of her jobs. All of her jobs. Oh, no, all of her jobs. No, all of her trash. Just the two, the two best uh, minds of our generation slapped with the stupid Oliver name in front of it. Steve Jobs. <laughs> Bolivar Trask. And Bolivar Trask. <laughs> the guy who hates mutants. Wait. Is Bolivar Trask Oliver Trask? Did they do that on purpose? Josh Schwartz is a nerd. Yes. He probably has heard of Bolivar Trask, and we are cracking a mystery the world has cared about for a decade. And half our listeners are like, motherfuckers, 15 episodes, you had the same conversation. Please go to rehab. And I say, no. 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 There was another thing, too, that uh, bothered me about this Ryan Teresa conversation she drops him off at work uh-huh. and Teresa's always nervous even like in the first season do you remember the first season when we were doing that about ryan leaving like she questions everything right. that she can she always has an eyebrow raised yes but i had an eyebrow raised when Teresa said hey do you want to do something tonight go play pool or rent a movie first of all renting a movie is not doing something well i mean you wander the aisles of blockbuster <laughs> that's an activity unto itself and that should have been a scene or two I would love it. Oh, that would have been awesome. But he immediately thinks, or he immediately says, play pool, and disregards renting a movie. Why is pool so great? What happened to renting movies, guys? <laughs> that, this is the, you have a fucking problem with this? He didn't even say, like, oh, those are two good options, and I'm going to think, and I'm going to decide on pool. He just disregarded movie immediately. I think uh, Ryan is trying to avoid intimacy with Teresa, even though they share a bed, they don't share a home. Mm. And rent a movie... For at that age in that economy, just means we get a bone. What do you rent in two thousand five if you're two species, sixteen year old budding parents? Probably species. It's always species. Or look who's talking, and then you're like, "This is a horror movie. Why do people think this is funny?" But at least our baby can talk. We also got Baby's Day Out. No, no, you put that away. Who rented these? A couple of baby geniuses. (laughs) That was also a movie. Mm. Mm -hmm. Isn't the sequel? They're superheroes. If you were watching this episode for the first time... You're not going to answer that question? No. No questions. Only, Only answers. answers. <laughs> uh, at what point do you know that Ryan is out? I mean... Because of the nature Teresa? of television? Yeah. Well, Sandy comes and he's like, you and me, we can get Seth. We're an unbeatable combination, which heart heart-filling and heartbreaking. And the problem is that Teresa drives up and sees this conversation far away. And from her point of view, it's Sandy going, jerk me off, into my mouth, <laughs> into your mouth. Let's ticket, do ticket. this. <laughs> Uh, she does not like that Sandy is there, and Sandy already bought the fucking plane ticket. And and Teresa's like, "You gotta." It's opening doors. She doesn't want Ryan to walk through because she's like, "You should go get him. They're your family, right?" And Ryan's like, "Not anymore." They both know he's saying that for her and for him. He's trying to leave that life behind. And Teresa's doing that thing where she is saying it so he can say, "No, that's my old life." Mm-hmm. Because when he says, "That's my old new life," <laughs> when he says. No, I do have to go. Like, I did leave them in the lurch. I do have to go talk to Seth. She's like, what? No. Yeah. Well, you can't open that door then, Teresa. You shut that door. You fucking nail two-by-fours all over that door. It, how much is Teresa to blame? Like, For chasing him off? Just for, uh, yeah, like being t- putting too much pressure on. Yeah, if she was like, yeah, go for the weekend, come back, he might not think so hard about it all. It, it, was, it just zoomed in all of the, their issues together. They shouldn't be together. They should be in school. There's one at one point in the beginning, Ryan's walking down the hall and sees Teresa wearing a robe making breakfast. 
and to uh-huh. Teresa, this is just like this is how normal life works. But the way that it's shot from Ryan's POV is like, well, I'm in prison and I'm gonna die soon. Like yeah. this is it for me. Because she wears a robe. She wanted to be comfortable and warm in her own house. And he's just like, oh. uh, at one point, Ryan says, because he's trying to explain why he should go get Seth. He goes, I left Newport to make things easier for everybody. Seems I made things more complicated. Because she can only view it in her, like how she says, I thought you left for me. Mm-hmm. I, like, I left my life for you. Can't that be enough that I also care about these people? But that's the thing is that Teresa, I'm going to say, is poorly written, but her heart is in the right place. Yeah. Because um, she wants Ryan to feel these way these ways. He doesn't, and so she's trying to get him, like, trick him into saying the right dialogue. Mm-hmm. That's just not going to work. And she does when he's packing his bag. She's like, "Go!" And even though she's like, he's like, "Are you sure your doctor's appointment?" She's like, "Just go, man. You gotta go." But when she says that, she's already flashed in her mind, even if it's subconsciously. Oh, I'm just gonna have this baby and tell him that he's not the right. father anymore. Spoiler alert for the end of this episode. I thought we were talking about episode 201, we're Mike. We're talking about 201. Spoiler alert for everything. Yeah, he having this baby. Wait, he not. She is. And that's why it's the pilot in Flippy Floppy. Before I move on, Sandy does tell Ryan he has to get to the OC airport in a half an hour. One, you're in Chino. You're not going to make it. Two, nobody calls it the OC airport. Hold on, though, bro. And this is sort of like a perfect week or two for to have this conversation. Because every 10 years, society finds out that John Wayne was a horrible racist. Pilgrim. <laughs> he calls people <laughs> pilgrims. Like a compliment. Um. Should we start this thing? Did they have it right? I don't know why they didn't just call it John Wayne. Maybe because they couldn't get the rights. They'd have to pay his <laughs> estate. John Wayne wouldn't support this app, ep- like advertising this episode. Or maybe uh, people in Denver don't know that there's a John Wayne airport. Right. But should Not we, because we're woke as fuck, start this trend? Should we start calling it the OC Airport? We can. I'm, I I prefer SNA. I'm I'm just a. The I SNA? like the letters. Because it's in Santa Ana? Yeah. That's so weird, but because it's also in Irvine. And it's also in Newport. Yeah. It's actually like barely in Santa Ana to me. Or it's kind of fucking weird, dude. It's a weird place. They should make a show about it. But it is, there's a statue of John Wayne, and it's, it's like colloquialism. This is what we call it. Do we have to move away from that now? I'm fine with that. I, I, I really, SNA, LAX, PDX. This is Sack-tack. I, nobody wants to hear your airport rap. <laughs> Wacko from the Animaniacs taught it back in the day. <laughs> we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to check in with Marissa and Summer. Hi, folks. Sorry to interrupt your regularly scheduled entertainment. Are you having issues right now? I'm like, having some shoes. What's what? We just have to do commercials real quick. What's going on with you? Well, that's my shoes. Uh, that we have to do commercials? I put them on one at a time. Lace them up. Oh, yeah. It's, it's pants one leg at a time. Shoes should be both at a time. Both at once? Yes. Standing position, you're on the bed, your shoes are down below. Yes. And you just jump. Yes. And they tie themselves up. And then you eat shit right after that. Plus, it's it's dangerous for me. I got to get out of bed and those shoes on immediately because I got one of those Murphy beds. And I'll, it's going to slam me through the wall. Well, that's I do like you Doc browned your alarm clock. Yeah. So if you're not out of bed by 6.30, your bed is, you're in the wall all day. Is Doc Brown, can we, could we use that as a new euphemism for pooping? I got to go Doc Brown. got to Doc Brown. That, but that's also when you are trying to shove poop inside of your urethra. Oh, that's, Doc that's and the Brown. term. That's where he got the name from. Is that what the commercial's about? Docking Brown? Yeah. Okay. That's what the commercial's about. This commercial? Yeah, the one that we're in the middle of like, right now. that one from the 80s? Uh, it's about Docking Brown. Everybody, just a PSA. You should know it exists. Don't do it. 
and we need a little help, just like everybody who's Docs and Brown does. And there's uh, several ways to help us out, Ryan. Think of one. Oh, well, you can go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Yeah. And if you search for Doc Brown, I bet it would be, you would get different things than what we're talking about. Maybe Back to the Future on DVD. Maybe a little Doc Brown Funko. Is that your thing? Doc Brown Martins. Doc Brown Martins, sure. Shoes based on the shoes Doc Brown made. Dockers, comma, brown. You get brown slacks. The only kind of wear. Yeah. Khaki? Fuck khaki. Wear straight brown. Straight brown or nothing. Uh, it will help us out and not add any amount to your Amazon price. You could also go over to Patreon.com. Uh-huh, Patreon.com, yeah. Slash your pop filter. I, I'm trying to interrupt you, Les, while you're saying the name of the thing that we need to the advertise. One thing that yeah. we, the one thing that everybody needs to know, Patreon.com slash your pop filter. Should I just speed it up? Yes, please. Patreon.com slash your pop filter. And much like somebody very somebody. sad. Somebody very somebody. sad about uh, how tall their wedding cake is, many tears. Many tears on Patreon.com. There's many tears, yes. There's the $1 tier that'll explain the backstory of all of Ryan's jokes and why he is the way he is. There's the $5 tier. For only $1? For $1. There's blogs every week. There's all kinds of extra tent. There's just like us letting our hair down getting a little loose. You know how we're all uptight? Not on Patreon. So just go over there. Help us out for the price of a dollar a coffee. Patreon.com slash your pop filter. And of course, the easiest and the freeziest way to help us, wherever you get your podcasts, it's probably Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Or Amazon or Walmart. Or Amazon or Walmart. Uh, rate us five stars, please. Review us. Hey, they're great. I love them. End of list. And remember that the all, always classic um, when your grandma, like, she's not looking at her phone, take her phone. Maybe she died. Oh, hope so. Take it off her uh, deathbed. Nightstand? She shouldn't be buried with it. Take that shit out of it. Do not bury her with her cell phone, (laughs) as the Sunset Riders once said. Um, Take that cell phone, log in, put your granny's dead thumbprint right on there, go to her iTunes or Podcatcher, and subscribe, rate, and review. To every phone that you see, does not have to be a dead grandma. Could be dead grandpa. Dead uncle. Dead uncle, sure. Dead neighbor. No, don't do it to dead neighbor, you freak. (laughs) You fucking freak. Get your dead neighbor's weird kid to do it. It's, yes. Those are all the ways to help us. Take it away. Past us. Ryan. Ryan. Shit. I tried to get right in on that. That's your name, bub. If we ever say that word, and I don't want to say it again. Ryan. That word? Yeah. If you say it one more time, then. You'll appear where you get sucked into a vortex? If we say it at the exact same time with the exact same intonation, Mm -hmm. what happens? Like, we got to drink. We got to do push-ups. We got to drink (laughs) push-ups. Wait. And so, push drink ups. Like that ice cream thing from when yeah, we were kids. Let it melt and <laughs> chug it. It's such a bad punishment. That's just a go-gurt. Why does this taste like medicine now? This was really good frozen. I take all my Dimatap cold. I love how tough you think you are when you say that. Oh, Mom, give me those purple ice cubes. I'm feeling a little ticklish in my throat. And again, Dimatap ice cubes are not suppositories, Mike. Stop asking your mom to do that. But I got a butt cold. It keeps coughing. Ryan. Yes. <clears throat> Let's talk about the ladies. They're chilling by the pool, talking about their summer like they haven't hung out all summer. And summer's That's there. Character's name. Summer's there too. Uh, on the journey for summer to become one of television's greatest characters, it's rare that friends in real life talk to each other honestly. Even rarer, just friends talk to each other honestly 
about vulnerabilities that aren't boys. And for Marissa to say, my mom wants to drag me to Basic Bar. What's it called? It's the new Tybo. I don't remember. It's some fucking cardio bullshit. Car bar. Cardio bar. Yeah. Cardio bar. There. <laughs> and Summer Bardio says, car. you don't really need any more cardio. And Marissa, she says it not like, that could be a helpful thing. There's not that much stank on it. And Marissa goes, what does that mean? Because she fucking knows. And she goes, you're looking kind of thin. And then she also tells her she's drinking too much this summer. You're a good friend, Summer Roberts. This is uh, the hardest part of being friends, I guess, is knowing that line of... I thought you were going to say with me, and then just unload. <laughs> In general, but I, I only have one friend, so I will be talking about you for the next 10 minutes. Um, uh, knowing the line between supportive and stop, bro. Yeah. What are you doing? And are, are you helping them? Are you judgy? How do you make sure that they know that you're helping them and not being judgy? And they are being judgy. They right. are kind of like, they are doing this thing where uh, I'm glad that you're way more fucked than I am. Like that is in their voice, but also they are very concerned for each other. Yeah, I, th- I think there's supportive judgment, which is like my whole brand. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why you fucking basic and suck, but I'm here for you. Cry on the shoulder. And I, I need you to be here for me, and I need your shoulder to cry on because of how much you just screamed about how much I suck. Punch those titties. You suck. You suck. You suck. I don't, I don't know. It was a real moment in a big-ass, soapy, true-through-the-scenery show, and it, it blew me away. The next Marissa scene has different connotations, but in that scene, yeah, I, it was very realistic. And Marissa thought about it. This is also where we meet, uh, I don't think we have his name yet, but Summer is ogling the pool boy and telling Marissa she needs to get over Ryan by hopping on that pool boy's pogo stick. And that pool boy... Uh, he's hosing off the garden. Yes. As pool boys do. You know what pool boys do. In the same way that I do, which is barely paying attention to the hose, but having my shirt off, having my rippling brown mm. sweaty abs glistening mm. in the sun. And Perfect che- description of you. Checking out the two girls in bikinis at the side of the pool. This is our first award of the evening, Ryan, mm-hmm. because we can't go back in time. This is my comics connection. Because mm-hmm. do you know who DJ, the soon-to-be-named pool boy, is? Hmm. He is... Cisco's brother on <gasps> right. the Flash. Another comic connection because the Cohen's house is getting toe up from the flow up. The, uh, Mike, would you like to know my comics connection? What's your comic connection, Ryan? Oh man, I have a comics connection. Your one was very good because that guy was on the Flash. But my comics connection. Oh, you got you got triple threat, triple threat, Archie the triple threat. Are you ready for this? Bruno Amato, who uh, plays Archie, will also play- comic book character name. Archie, yes. Archie is a comic book character. Uh, well, And Bruno is also a comic book character name. Uh, he is the name of uh, Bruno, the comic book based on Bruce Willis's musical character that plays the harmonica. Return to Bruno. Return to Bruno. Uh, he will play Frank in the upcoming season of Lucifer. Yeah, he will. Which now, reminded me, Lucifer's coming back. Now, let me ask you this. Um, when we see Archie on Lucifer... Mm-hmm. And we're, let's say we're recording the superhero hour hour and we see Archie. How much do you think we're going to freak out? All of the freak out. How angry do you think the host of Superhero Hour, our Taylor John Jones, will get? All of the anger we've ever seen from him. And so we should like double up on how much we cheer, right? Triple up. This next season of Lucifer is going to be all about the Archie. All about the Archie Bruno. Frankie Frank. Bruce Willis. He's also shown up on Supergirl last season, and he was on season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What a comic connection. Why are they, oh, We should have a podcast all about him. We fucking love this guy. Is he the Alan Tudyk of our generation? He, that's what some would say. I do think there's three of them. It's uh, 
Bruno, our new best friend, Alan Tudyk, and she plays the same character. Basically, she she's like shield shield agent number two. She's not like in the crew, but she's like, hey guys, I'm here too, and she plays that same role in the. Please make it rhyme with two. You were on a roll right now. D-E-O, and she never has to poo. Uh, she plays like the same role in The Shield and Supergirl. And that's just, uh, your agent is trying to get you every job that he can. Uh-huh. And these just all happen to be on superhero shows. They're just all there. Why not? Just take it. And now you're at the same level as Alan Tudyk. Congratulations. Congratulations. Maybe you were also in A Knight's Tale with Paul Bettany. So Summer's issue is that she can't get over Seth. She yes. says that she is. She but, doesn't cry over bitches on boats no more. But she, she's clearly, uh, quote. she wants to be yes. overset. She is not. Um, and Marissa's issue is that she hates her life. She hates her house. She hates her mom. She hates her weight. She's drinking too much. And she actually is very much in love with Ryan. Yeah, Marissa's kind of got nothing going on. Like, she's hosed, even though she is in the biggest house in the fucking county. There's two scenes I want to talk about right now. Let Do it. Let it rip. One is Marissa goes back to the... Uh, Cohen house and goes back to the uh, pool, house. pool house and like you sort of realize that even though they weren't the best TV couple even though they never had the best chemistry like Marissa really was head over heels yeah and going in that pool house was really hard that is the honest organic moment for Marissa mm-hmm. and then there is Michael <laughs> there's the moment where uh, Ryan finds Marissa in an alleyway in Tijuana uh-huh and there is the moment where Ryan first kisses Taylor Townsend. Probably the most iconic moment of the OC. But there's a third. Julie's like, yo, Marissa, what up? You cool? And Marissa points at her headphones. And so Julie's like, can you take the headphones off, Marissa? And Marissa points at her headphones again and shakes her head. So Julie's like, uh, okay, fine. Leave the headphones in. I just don't want you to throw furniture in the pool. <laughs> Three times Marissa's like, I... I I, I wish I could do something about this, but I have headphones in. I don't know what to do here. No, it sucks to take headphones off. Oh, such so many chores. You, you put them in, you leave them in probably forever. I die like this. But finally, she does take them out. And Julie's like, can you just like, what, what's going on with you, bro? In the most sincere, not vindictive, not game playing, not trying to neg her daughter. Julie's just like, what's going on? I want to know. <sighs> and... She responds in a way that we all have. Do you remember the way that you responded when you were at your deepest, darkest adolescent moment? Yeah. And your parents were like, no, but what's really going on? How did you, what did you do? I want to be a pirate and there's no pirates anymore. And I ran through the wall like Wile E. Coyote. <laughs> With a perfect mic hole or a perfect like Wile E. Coyote hole? hole. Look like a pirate. Oh, that letting them know in my soul. You were born a pirate. Yo, ho, ho, a pirate's life for me. Um. Which is weird for your mom to hear because she hears yo, ho, all of the time. So, yeah, that's rough for her. And she's a privateer, so we are mortal enemies. I, uh, when I was a kid, I uh, didn't know how to let my parents know that they were not respecting my deep, dark angst enough. Mm-hmm. So I drew a picture of Barf, and I made it as... Of dis- Barf? Of Barf, and I, <laughs> it was as disgusting as I could possibly make it. And did you go, that's you? <laughs> and <laughs> I left it on my desk... And uh, there was, like, no notice for, like, a week. So then I, uh, I put it on the fridge with a magnet. <laughs> did you give yourself an A? Uh, yeah, and then I wrote an A-plus on it. Did, how did they respond to the, the barfing of the fridge? I mean, like, in, in all honesty, I had uh, the worst parents ever. But uh, they were just like, we don't know what this means, dude. Yeah. But, like, answer the question with words and not pictures of really – I was just- a great barf drawer. How old were you here? <laughs> 24. Okay, yeah. They, wait, he's still in the house. I don't know what to do. Like, Do we call the cops at this point? Like, also, I'm concerned for our safety. Why does he keep barfing on paper and saying he drew barf? I drew barf. <laughs> like, Did we teach him the wrong verbs for things? 
Did you have invasive parents? Like, would they check drawers and shit? Oh, for sure. Uh, what's the word? Did you, like, the craziest trouble you ever got in? I didn't have, like, uh, drugs in the house. Uh-huh. Um, I was just a filthy person. <laughs> and uh, just such a disappointment to my mom because she is so clean. Mm-hmm. And uh, Oh, she, yeah. I've been to your mom's house. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, she's got uh, that OCD, if you will. <laughs> and uh, she would send me off to either my dad's house or her parents' house for, like, two weeks during the summer. And the whole reason just was to clean your just to room. clean my room. And it took that long. And she would find awful shit in there. Like, I, uh, she would pack my lunch, and I would say, I don't want this, and throw it under my bed and leave it for months and months and months. Did you get in trouble? Would she yell at you or no? I mean, at a certain point, when I'm your kid, you have to give up. Like, what is yelling going to yeah, do? Yeah, I've been your friend. you got to give up. Uh, I had an invasive stepdad. Uh, I also had a friend who worked at a sex shop, and all the stuff that didn't work, they would throw away, and he would just take it. So he would, like, dildo bomb people. He would just throw dildos. So one day my stepdad was peeping, opened a drawer just full of like 10 dildos. What are you mad at? Like, what are you mad at at that point? Well, that's, he never, I found out from my sister years later and he was, he just didn't know what to do. He could, yeah. he could not talk like. If it was drugs, I know sure. what to scream. But this is, I have no idea. I got yelled at for the, like the angsty emo, like song lyrics that were very sure, yeah. like aggressive against it. Like I got yelled at for a lot of stuff he found, but that I did not know he found secret dildo drawer. That I just kept because it was funny. Like I, I, I wish I was more adventurous in high school and used them. Or what's that thing that uh, kids do with the fake Instagram? That's like all polite pictures. Finsta. Finsta. Was that your Finsta? You had the drawer underneath the dildos. Oh it was yeah. Like uh, drugs and fireworks. Just black tar heroin. <laughs> but once he hits the dildo, oh, drawer, I don't know what to do here. He's gonna stop and run out. <laughs> so that's parents and how you deal with them. Marissa, she goes. You really want to know what's on my mind? Kind of calmly, but like a little swagger as she stands up and then screams and starts flipping every table she could get her hands on into the pool. Let's play our favorite game. Who do we blame? Is this a screenwriting problem? Because this seems ridiculous, right? Yeah. Or is this an, if it, this was like Anna from Philly, could a different actress pull this off? I think one is very hard to pull off. You want to know what's on my mind? Scream. I guess there's a way to look more vulnerable while you're doing it, like kind of breaking down instead of angry. I think it's just a perfect combination of bad writing, bad acting. The other thing, too, is that uh, they hired a bunch of 22-year-olds to talk like 22-year-olds as high school kids. Uh-huh. And this is a high school thing to do. So if she was actually 16, actually, I think she was, but she doesn't look like it, uh, acting like a 16-year-old. But this all feels very performative right. and actory. But when 16-year-olds do that shit, isn't it also performative? It's, yeah, they know I what don't know doing. how to use yeah. my words, so I have to draw a barf and put it on the table. If you, I mean, like... They can do stuff out of instinct. Like, if you see a kid punch, like, freak out, black out, punch a wall. Uh But this is all very, like... And then the other thing, too, is that she said, oh, yeah, Mom, the tables are turned. And then she turned the patio table around and then threw it in the pool. Who's the lazy Susan now? Who's the lazy Susan now? Yeah, that's fake. You're fake. You fake-ass fake. Plus, Julie said, I guess I'm the lazy Susan now. And that stopped Marissa. She's like, well, shit, I did not think you were going to say that. Oh, you called my bluff. (laughs) And then Caleb's upstairs on the balcony just rubbing one out as hard as he can. I don't know what I'm into, but it's this, I guess. <laughs> I didn't know what I was into, but now I know. Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back... I'm going to throw everything in the studio throw, into the pool. I'm going to throw everything. <laughs> Ryan, let's talk about the villains of our show. You hinted at the uh, China has alopecia. Oliver Trask. Oliver Trask. No, we're not talking about him. He's Doctor Doom he moves to the OC oh, in the second that's season. Still, 
keep that comic connection in your little pants pocket. He would fit in, though, right? Oh. Buy a McMansion. Caleb is so close to be. He just isn't bold enough to have the true theatrics. Doctor Doom is Caleb and Julie as one human being. If Caleb had some fucking cojones to wear a metal-ass mask and, and a, a big green robe cape and talk in the third person, I would love some Doom bots saying, welcome to the OC, <laughs> bitch. Uh, Julie has had fresh flowers delivered to their house every week because they're living things, Cal. Uh, Caleb thinks it's the government after him. And she should see the signs. Is she fucking with him? Does she know what he's afraid of? I don't know. It's so weird because I feel like Julie is smart. I feel like Julie plays dumb mm-hmm. and is smart. Um, and maybe uh, the person that she tries to fool the most is herself. Yes. You know, so when she said, when Caleb says, like, have you heard clicking on the phone? And she's like, uh, paranoid much? Yeah. Is that a thing we still do? Is that very 2004? The That's blank so much? 2004. Did the paranoid store call um, that she's trying to trick herself into just making a quick joke and right. then not believing that bad stuff is going on? But you dealt with this a year ago. Please learn from your mistakes. Please. Ask him why he's paranoid. What it, is he doing? Is Julie right now the number one villain? No. I think, like, I had to remind myself of all the crazy shit Julie has done to Marissa because in that one interaction, Julie was just like, are you okay? And Marissa did that. And I was like, fuck you, Marissa. And I was like, wait, remember the last year they had? I think I'm still team Marissa with that reaction. And she's mostly kept her villainy to Marissa at this point. Yeah. She hasn't struck out to the rest of the Marissa world. Marissa and Ryan know. And everybody else is like, well, I mean, she's a little much sometimes. But what are you talking about, villainous? So is number one villain Caleb? Yes. Okay. Fosh. Uh, one conversation I want to talk about real quick. I don't know if we have time. I'm looking for the light. It seems like we have time. Are we going? Uh, Keep this trainer rolling. Uh, is Sandy and Caleb comes over. Sandy uh-huh. lets him in. Says something very Sandy-ish like, well, why don't you? come in caleb's like well i bought the house uh and sandy says like uh by the way we found your grandson and caleb was like oh yeah i forgot does caleb give a shit no is caleb to set the same as uh trump is to trumpy jr <laughs> good say yes uh, i think he he cares when he's around or thinks he should and knows how to play it but he also he said like like oh that's still going on but also he went Oh, he ran away with Luke and Luke's gay dad. That's a little weird. Caleb definitely thinks Seth is gay, and mm. I think that's why Caleb doesn't care. Well, Caleb thinks Seth is weak. Uh-huh. And weak equals gay. But and uh Caleb says, Do you want me to do you want me to talk to him? And that's not for the love of a grandson. No. That's just like, oh, I could throw another victory under my belt. Yeah, I could I, win I can make that happen. Can't. And Sandy can't. But it's also I think it is the two thousand he's saying in 04, but it's a very like 1950s attitude of Seth's hanging around a gay man so he will become gay. Mm-hmm. That's the way he talked about it. It's like, well, oh, it's very contagious. Yeah. Fucking, fucking Caleb. Fucking Caleb Trump nickel. I guess this is what made the Trump presidency okay for us is getting used to Caleb nickel. Like, he, was he our baby steps into the Trump presidency? I don't want those baby steps then. <laughs> I want to be shocked and awed every day. The other side of Julie's interactions are with Jimmy, and I do, I fucking love the spatty but not unhealthy relationship Julie and Jimmy have now. We're like, well, let's actually come together and truly care about our daughter. With the first season, they did not. Mm-hmm. He did not care enough, and she wanted to throw into the mental institution. They're like, we got to fix this out. But still, like, little digs, but they're like, this is what we do. Like, yeah. It was like loving jabs. And as a child of divorce, I can't tell you how much I love the... Um, Divorce is over, and we're just like we have like barbs now. Yeah, like we we have this like uh, sort of like antagonistic rapport as opposed to the pre-divorce 
kids are in the other room, so they definitely can't hear us screaming cunt at each other. Yeah. mean things. Uh, but like some some fucking great ones where Julie, the, Jimmy's like, how has she been? And she said, aside from the fact that our daughter's the spawn of Chuck and Keith Moon, life's pretty good. I was like, hey, Julie. And then later she's like, how's Haley? And he goes, she's fantastic, sweet, and limber. And I was like, fuck both of you. Well, Sassafrasses. She doesn't say, how's Haley, though? She says, how's, um, oh, you know her, her fucking name. That's her daughter-in-law. <laughs> Ew. So Ew. She, she's trying to like sound cool. I can't remember my husband's girlfriend yes, slash or my ex husband's girlfriend slash husband's daughter's name. What? Because uh, I don't think we're going to talk about Jimmy more. Do you have a Jimmy's got a Jimmy? I do have a Jimmy's got a Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy plays it cool. Uh, he's now in full on, uh, always needs a shave, boat dad in this episode. That is my just that face that he thinks that's okay is Jimmy's got a Jimmy. He thinks that makes him look cool. Just this slack jawed hippie dad. Uh, but my Jimmy's got a Jimmy. He's good in this episode, except for one fucking line, uh, where Mar- uh, Julie says, "I saw Mar- or I was hanging out with Marissa, and she had a level four breakdown." And then she explains it to Jimmy, and Jimmy's like, "Oh, that sounds like a level five. These are arbitrary yeah, numbers, okay. dude. Or you what are you arguing with?" Well, that's a four point two five breakdown. Fuck you. The other one is, yeah, I think he's talking to Kiki at a certain point, and she's like trying to just like, "It sucks. I haven't seen my son." Uh, in months, and this is when Marissa just walks through the kitchen to stare at the pool house longingly, and he's like, your kid doesn't have to be in Portland to be distant. Fuck, I mean, do something, Jimmy. Fucking do something. And also, Jimmy was about to say, um, your kid could be having a conversation with you and be distant. Like, what is, uh, I can't talk to Marissa Cooper. Like, I think she's a moron. (laughs) She's a fucking idiot. But, uh, Jimmy, how much Jimmy do we have left? I love to hate Jimmy. How much Jimmy do we have left? Uh, I think I don't think that much. Like I think that his like story arcs are over. Him the and Haley just done. away. And yeah, I think uh, Haley is gonna get a job soon in and Tokyo. That. And so he's gonna be like, oh cool, boat. And I then don't he just need sails away. Kids, right? that's anytime somebody. I got a boat away. That's how the OC deals with problems. He goes to his daughters and he's like, uh, well, Haley's leaving, so I have to leave, and we're gonna leave to different places. And the daughters like, we're your daughters. What are you doing? China has alopecia, and I haven't been on the show in a year. And Jimmy's like, uh, yes, China. I think Haley's going to China. No, I'll see you later. Go to China. I've heard the whole country has alopecia. She's going <laughs> to fix that problem. Man, for a whole country to get alopecia, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's just that's just like that's balderdash. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Jimmy's got a Jimmy. That's Jimmy's got a Jimmy. Uh, let's talk at the end of Teresa. Ryan goes up to Portland. Uh, Teresa goes, her mom loves reading Red Book and highlights at doctor's <laughs> offices. She says her mom loves that kind of stuff. She loves being bored flipping through old magazines. Uh, tells Ryan they lost the baby, which is very sad, via the telephonic way of communicating. And a lot of times the OC will be like, uh, let's cut the scene now. Keep it a mystery. This scene does not. No. The mom walks in and she's like, did you tell Ryan that uh, you lost the baby even though you still have the baby? Yeah. You're going to have Ryan's baby? And then her mom's like, best thing for everybody involved. And the mom's not wrong, but it was like, I don't know, hug your kid? when They uh-huh. obviously have a, like, just, just hug your kids, parents, when they're going through things. The mom's not wrong. And That's, the mom's the sweetest person on the show. Yes, ever. the mom is, the, there's no villainy, there's no selfishness, but, uh, and I guess it's bad for a kid to force a dad into being a kid, uh-huh. or a dad, but also, hey, dad, shape up, but... Is the does the mom just want a new baby? Wants to be a mom, but is too old. So I I, I think more than anything, uh, Mama Teresa knows that she can handle the kid better than Ryan and Teresa. 
and Teresa and she can raise it where if Ryan's there, she has to like now argue with the way he wants to parent and she can't be like, I raised, I helped sort of raise you, you latchkey kids, shut the fuck up. Ryan and, will always be like, I want the baby to have like a sublime tattoo. Is there a little wife beater we could put on the baby? Just a little one. Um, This baby comes back. Do you know that? No. Yeah. Is the, it, the baby gets hacked. Is it Shailene Woodley? It's <laughs> Shailene Woodley and she has alopecia. Time loops. The baby gets what? Alopecia. Oh, uh, it gets had. Yes, the okay. baby. The baby is born. Yes. and Kirsten finds it. Why? It's like three seasons from now. Spoils. Sorry. Of war. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's good for the show. I think that's ultimately what Teresa and Teresa's mom and the writers are doing. Uh-huh. Is that uh, this is an hour long reset, and normally uh, it's a Teresa. And normally, like if we were talking about a superhero show, I would roll my eyes and mm-hmm. say, like, this is boring, and you made me sit through this, but this is different. And we've also said some of our shows should do this. We're like, yeah, run that train into the wall, realize that sucked, and then move the fuck. Yes, it's important for a writer's room to be like, fuck, and then just get it all back. But it doesn't feel like a cheat. Like, they left so many cliffhangers at the end of the first season. Yeah. And now we're fine. This was an hour of misery, and now we get to have a second season. And the end is very happy. And when we come back, we'll talk about why the end ends so happy for everybody. Good tease. Last word. Y'all want to talk to us? Wow. I was just going to mention that maybe that we don't do a bit right now. Just get to the commercial and you start off talking like that. What's the bit? I don't, I'm going to say, no, I was going to say, let's not do a bit. Just get to the commercial. No, give me a bit. Let's do a bit. Okay. Well, my suggestion was. Give a bit, get a bit. My suggestion was going to be, what if you read the commercials like a clown who just got his foot ran over, but that is what you did and it was awful. You want to talk to us? I hate this new character. (laughs) At your pop filter on Twitter. Super easy. 1562 DRDJPOP. That's a robot associate. And so I have no job here. I just came in here to listen to you do that voice. Tell them I need eyes to look at. I can't talk without eyes. Oh, man. Ryan, what about DJ Pop? What's what's DJ Pop all about? He's a a robot, and he takes messages for us. You can call him and tell us how we're doing. Maybe not how we're doing it with commercials. One of his hands is a... It's a clown. And his other hand is a... It's a robot hand. And finally, you can email us if you want to get a little old school. Contact at yourpopfilter.com. That's it. Ryan, let's take a little quick flight up to Portland from the OC airport, because we haven't talked about Portland at all. Yes. I guess we've talked about the city, but not what happens in this episode. Seth and Luke work at a boating store? Mm-hmm. A kayakery? It's just one of those uh, beachfront, come here and... Come here. Yeah. Uh, Luke, obviously very happy, friends with some lovely ladies, one of them who is obviously super into Seth, who now, in addition to being Seth, is like moody in Seth, even mm-hmm. though he's happy that he's away, he's moody. And I, it does mellow him out in a way that I enjoyed. We were just uh, talking about how like high school sucks and you get to college and then people accept you. Uh-huh. That's what this is like for Seth. Like yeah. Those girls aren't like, oh, and there's Seth the weird one. They're like, hey, Seth, normal person. Yeah. Let's go to a party. You're normal. I'm normal. Let's all be normal. And he's less like, oh, he's mellowed out. He, he's gotten confident. I don't know. I, I like this version of Seth. Like maybe he shouldn't go home. And he even says that to his dad. when So Sandy comes up and he fucking Cliff. Is that? Chip, what is Luke's dad's name? Carter. Carter. I was in the right ballpark. He's just trying to make a good fucking dinner for his guest that he doesn't really ask for. Uh, Carter has made uh, four sets of baby back ribs, uh, one of those pigs with an apple in it that mm-hmm. you rotisserie, mm-hmm. and uh, 19 pounds of mashed potatoes. Because he also doesn't know how to feed a family of food. Right. Uh, Single dad. And Seth 
and just starts and Sandy's trying to be like okay and Seth just starts unloading on him and then walks away and he's like sorry and Carter's like it's a living the uh the conversation that Seth and Sandy have mostly with Seth uh it made me realize that first season Seth was maybe not so bad because he definitely knew the line mm-hmm. of just being okay borderline funny Seth because right. he crosses that line just a fucking asshole he's a fucking asshole to everybody around him and Seth or Sandy goes full dad Sandy stops being like well here's the most uh you know like the most understanding thing that I can say he's like you know what bitch fuck you my Sandy wisdom of the episode he says watch your mouth I was being polite you might want to give it a try let's talk about the spoiled brat who had everything handed to him Oh, and he just kept going. Oh, so good. But you might want to give it a try is like Sandy is sort of like on both sides of Kirsten uh-huh. because he's all like he's like, no, let's uh, understand them. And like they're their own person and we'll let them grow and fly free. But then is also has that ability to be like that smart ass. Why don't you give it a try? Right. Kirsten doesn't do either one of those things. Because he has that Seth in him, the bad side of like, oh, I can use my mouth too, motherfucker. And when you say Seth, you mean Seth Ezekiel? Seth Ezekiel Cohen. Nope, crossed off. Nope, uh, crossed off. Real quick, my Sandy wisdom is uh, I have this thing about sauce, less is more. Guys, stop covering all of your food with sauce. Yeah. Just a, a little bit rib. of sauce. Yes, the barbecue sauce is good, but you'll accent both if it's just a dab. Why don't you throw the meat away and just chug from the sauce bottle, you bros? monster. Just a little bit of sauce. Taste the meat. Less is more. Uh, so Sandy's like, I tried. Fuck it. I'm out. Uh, and he crosses paths with Ryan. Like, Ryan's taxi pulls up. Well, tell the truth. He's like, I guess I have to leave, and then jumps 30 feet in the air from the house of the taxi. In the meantime, Ryan's jumping 30 feet in the air from the taxi to the house, and they high-five in the middle. And then Connor, Carter, loves the dramatic because he did it with Sandy, and he does it again with Ryan. He goes, we have another guest. And then, like, hands open, gets out of the way of the door, and... Ryan's like, hey, and they're like, hey, how do we be friends again? Video games. That's the only way boys can bond. This is one of my, uh, like, Pilot. why this show is one of my favorites is because uh, they can meta. They can talk about how TV tropes are dumb. Uh-huh. But when it's important, like, Carter's just leaving guests out of the room until uh-huh. he says the perfect thing, it. they keep Seth quiet. Like, Seth doesn't make a joke. They yeah. just let the drama hit you. Uh, and in these conversations, and Luke is so fucking golden retriever, just happy to see Ryan. He refuses to say Ryan's name. It's Chino. <laughs> How's Chino, Chino? Uh, still wearing those chinos? <laughs> <laughs> Which And we still don't know what those are? No. With, what, Weird those pants? Those are pants, I guess? Uh, Seth basically tells Ryan the only way he's going back to Newport is if Ryan's going to back to Newport. And I've been accused about having an unhealthy relationship with a guy named Ryan before, but it's not that fucking, that's codependent as shit. That is crazy talk. For as much as he tells dad he's a Portland boy, this town gets him more, which is true. Uh, Nope. Ryan's moving back in, so I guess I can too. What I'm hoping for, and I know this isn't the case because this isn't how TV works, but what I'm hoping for is that Seth knows that there's no way Ryan's moving back. And so he can just say that Uh because he knows he belongs in Portland. So it's just like, it's just a false promise or thing to say. And and not codependent. And so now it's, oh man, my brother lost a baby, so I have to move back to help take care of him. And what the camera didn't show, we sort of saw in the background, is Ryan co- goes to Luke and Seth, and he's like, Teresa lost the baby. And then Seth was like, yes. <laughs> Just high fives everybody. And a little bit Ryan's like, yes, but he can't do that. Ryan's stoic yeah. and manly and always does the right thing. And his yes is tinged by like, oh shit, what the fuck does this mean for me as a person? Well, Seth's just going, hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> just arsenio all over the place. He Arsenio's <laughs> all the way down the hall. 
They fly back, and the Kiki squeal and hugging her boys is the cutest goddamn thing in the world. I would have uh, also appreciated them coming home and saying, like, oh, no, we're going back to Portland, and then just leaving right away. You just forgot some stuff. How much wine would Kirsten drink in that moment? All of All the, the wine, wine, right? All the wine. Fuck, I need to backtrack, because we're about to get to awards, but a beautiful moment. Talk about characters that don't intermingle a lot, and by talking about, I mean just thoughts I've had and we have not talked about. Kierkegaard. Kierkegaard and Freud. <laughs> Kirsten and Summer have an interaction because Summer mm. piles all Seth's shit after months uh, and she drops it off and she's walking up the stairs and Summer or Kiki's just like, hey, how are you? And Summer goes, I'm here to get over Seth. I need to dump off all of his crap. And then she comes back down and Kirsten says, for the record, if he wasn't my son, I would do the same thing. I don't care that that sentence doesn't make sense. No, like, you would dump all of his stuff out of your house? I don't know what this means, Keith. Also, it's, uh, if he was some stranger, <laughs> yeah, he sh- his stuff shouldn't be in your house anyway. Uh, I don't know. I really liked it. Like, let's just both be honest. This guy's being kind of a prick. This guy sucks, right? And uh, I mean, the only unrealistic thing about it, because I can definitely see a mom saying that about yeah. her shithead kid, is that they didn't both break down into tears. Right. Like, and hug each other. That was hard to admit for both of them. But I liked that, and I thought it was worth mentioning. Let's get to our awards. Okay. What's your magical music moment? Uh, there was a couple in this episode, but I think it has to be uh, uh, the song by Halloween Alaska called All the Arms Around You, where Ryan and Seth are just running towards each other as hard as they can. With the cabs? With oh, the cabs. The, the rom-comiest of rom-coms? Oh, God. They lo- uh, this is the I'm romance saying, of the I'm show. Going. This is why I feel bad for Marissa and Summer. Like, they can't compete. Uh, I don't know the name of the song. Uh, cool. The lyrics that are feasible are You got me all wrong, you left me underwater And Ryan's contemplating Chino And sees little him and a little wife feeder mm-hmm. run back And then it's like, those weren't neighbor kids That was me in the past Also pretty good casting Yeah, That was a little Ryan. Like little Ryan That was a little Ryan for I sure I guess if you put a wife feeder on any kid, right? It's gonna look like little Ryan and did we, Is that all the only outstanding award we had? That is, yeah I got a couple more things real quick If you don't mind I mind, but go Um, You're a parent Of? Like I can see you right now. Sure. If you were a parent, um, who, which way do you lean? Sandy's, let him move to Portland, let him learn, he'll come back. Or Kirsten's, get him the fuck back right now. I think both sides of Sandy, because I think it's like, you're cool, you'll learn. And then why Sandy's bad is, well, I'm up here now, which means you didn't learn, and it's your fault. And so you're mad. I'm mad that you made me come up here and do this. So you have like the laid back, half of it is, because I want to be laid back. But I'm not that laid back. And so you come out even angrier. Hey, laid back people, it's important that if you're going to be laid back and it doesn't work, go find someone to blame as soon as it doesn't work. What about you? Uh, I want to think that I will be severely Sandy if I'm ever a parent. Um, But I don't actually think that's true. I like the straight shooter of Kirsten of, fuck you, you're a kid, get back here. No, you don't get to just run away and have us be fine with it. Yeah, and you always want to think, like, am I being selfish? Am I being a good parent? And then there's a certain point where, like, fuck all of that. He ran away. There's a certain point you can have your kids don't say, because I said so, but you can still say, I'm a parent, you're not 18, get the fuck back here. You should be able to have your kids and eat them, too. That's what I'm saying. Jonathan Swift's been saying it for years. Can you just, like, have one toe a year for the first Mm. 10 years? If you lose all your toes, can you still walk? I think so. I walk like this all the time. (laughs) Uh, Just so everybody knows, he's walking totally normal. Um, A whale rider mentioned. You remember that movie? Yes. Cool. Um, (laughs) Sure. Seth screams at Luke saying, why do we always have to play these sports games? 
Seth is playing hockey the entire episode. What does Seth think that is? He doesn't. He's never seen it. He thinks it's like a fantastical Winterfell-based video game. Tolkien game? I have these long sticks, eh? And then we put them on the ice? Is the OC teaching us that because it's on ice and Orange County doesn't have ice, that that's not a sport? Nope, Is that a a fantasy world? Chess is more of a sport than hockey. Living on ice. And then finally, Mike, your nickname. I have to read to you the IMDB description of this show. Please. And remember, this is what, 2004, 2005? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's been three months since Ryan left to live with the pregnant Teresa and Chino, and Seth subsequently sailed off to Portland to live with Luke and his divorced gay father. Could it have said Luke's father? Yes. Or is it important? Like, is Carter the most important character in this episode, and the fact that he's divorced and gay? And then uh, IMDb things have keywords. Mm-hmm. There's only two. It's uh, gay and gay father. <laughs> What the fuck? This is when your boss is telling a story and he does not need to say the ethnicity of the <laughs> person he's interacting with and it has nothing to do with the story, but you do and you're like, what, 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 why, why? You probably watched more high school TV in this era. Was having a gay father, even like, and this is like the smallest of C characters, was having a gay father that big of a deal? I think it that was. We had to rush to IMDb and make all of the keywords about that? But it may, if it was the episode about... Carter's coming out. Makes a little more sense. Sure. Right. But Carter's just living his best life up in Portland with his son. How many characters in this episode had more dialogue than Carter? All of them. <laughs> the girl who wants Seth had more than Carter. Carter had like three lines. But his lines, to be fair, were like, I'm a gay dad. I Are you a gay dad? I'm a gay dad. I gay dad. We all gay dad. In Portland. Or maybe gay father is one of those things that people on the internet are into. And you need to know exactly where to go on IMDb to find that gay dad. I think those people will also be disappointed because this is not what they're looking for either. Don't you just, like, if you're into gay dads, you just want them in the background for a couple of scenes saying a line or two. And then just headcanon the rest? Uh Uh-huh. That's it. That's the show. We're in season two. You stoked? Do we get to meet Zach next week? I don't know. Who are you less excited about, Zach or DJ? DJ. Yeah. I remember really. I don't. I'm, I love uh, knowing that I'm going to hate him, but I just remember really liking Zach. Zach is a really cool guy. DJ's kind of a moron, mm-hmm. but he's into Marissa. So what are you going to do? Only morons are. Next week, the boys are back in Newport, baby. Everything status quo except Summer refuses to talk to Seth. Shocking. Ryan catches Marissa in a clinch. The DA busts Caleb. Haley bails, and the remodders are like a wrecking crew. Did you write this? Home sweet chaos, IMDb wrote it. <laughs> That's the show. So stoked to be in season two with you. Latro, stay gay, Dad. California!